0: Welcome to this week's episode of Ronan Talks Languages. This week, I talked to Mark, a French friend of mine who I met in Barcelona. Mark had the privilege of growing up abroad and going on many travels, which have allowed him to discover himself and to really find out what he wants to do with his life. He is currently living in Madrid while studying a master's in business. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't be afraid to subscribe and give me a follow on Instagram if you want. Keep listening to find out more. How are you, Mark? Hey, Ronan. What's up? I'm all good. How
1: are you? Uh, doing great. Doing great. You know, uh, still uh, still in Madrid. Uh, just started to uh, to work um, uh, in between two masters right now. So it's uh, going quite well.
0: Thanks for talking to me today. I just want to have a bit, bit of a chat about you, languages, your life in Madrid. So can you just tell me a bit about what you studied in college?
1: Yes, so uh, I think before going to college, it's uh, it's good to mention that uh, I grew up in uh, in Thailand. So for ten years, so from uh, eight to eight to eighteen, I actually had a very tough time at first when I, when I was there because like, the language was quite uh, quite different. Uh, the the letters, the the alphabet was different, and I didn't really fit in at first. But actually, once I started to uh, learn a bit a uh, bit more about uh, about the language and I got into the culture, that's when I uh, I knew what uh, what a great Experience it was to be actually abroad. So going back to a uh, university when I was uh, 18, I got uh, I got into Neoma. It's a school, in, it's a business school in France in uh, business administration. So that was my uh, my uh, my first uh, first year. So 18 for the first time uh, living uh, well back home in France. But for me, it was a bit of an exchange. My first year in uh, in Rouen. Then after, I got admitted in exchange in uh, Saint Mary's University. it's in uh, Halifax in Canada. At a lovely city in Nova Scotia the thing is uh, quite funny actually they uh, they all spoke uh, acadian french so every time they heard my uh, my french accent they started to speak to me in french and i couldn't understand a are, thing are there big,
0: are there big differences
1: a huge i i honestly couldn't uh, couldn't uh, couldn't reply i was like i'm i'm so sorry can you please speak in english i, am, I have no idea what you're talking about right now but is it
0: is it the accent or like do the words change as well
1: no the the, the words are not the same because the accent for example in montreal is uh, you know it's a bit like uh, Lac de quebec but yep. uh, but uh, that's I could understand it perfectly. But when Acadian French, it's completely different. It's a uh, it's like uh, Basco in uh, Spanish.
0: I see. So it's entirely different. It's not even entirely the same language. different.
1: <laughs> it's not the same language. The, the like of course there are some similar words, but it's it's a very old French. So like nothing related to the uh, to the modern in a way French that uh, the that i that i speak so i, I, I was very embarrassed multiple times thought, oh you're fake french
0: <laughs> we should actually probably clear that up you are french aren't you
1: yes yes yeah. yes 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 <laughs> yeah um,
0: so you went to you went to Canada you did your exchange in second year was it and then yes. what happened after that were you back well, in France well I, uh,
1: I actually I got the opportunity to go, to go on exchange there because like Halifax is uh, English part of Canada and so that was because I already had a, a very good level of English that was uh, thanks to growing up, growing up in Thailand as well because otherwise uh, honestly I wouldn't have been admitted there was uh, people that were that had higher scores in their university than me and wanted to go there but couldn't because they didn't have enough grades I really did did get accepted because of my level of English because you needed a minimum, I don't know if you do that, the IELTS? We don't have to do it. Okay, yeah, but I I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, otherwise it would be weird. (laughs) But uh, so I did the IELTS and uh, well, I got uh, I think it was a 7.5 and uh, so yeah, it was a minimum seven to uh, to get in the university and in my school i was one of the only ones that got higher than a seven so it was a,
0: so that's a, that's how i went there so you said you grew up in Thailand between mm-hmm was at eight and 18 i asked john this question um mm-hmm. earlier in the week so he's obviously but completely bilingual french english he grew up in the uk but then he moved to france for he's, 10 years he plus. has also an amazing accent i gotta say um, okay. yeah <laughs> Honestly. But he, he was saying like he's recently moved back to the uk mm-hmm. and he still feels like france is his home even though he wasn't born there are you the same thing? Do you still feel France is your home, or does Thailand feel like more of a home?
1: I firmly identify as French. Firmly support the rugby French team, like hundred <laughs> percent behind them. That's uh, that's not going to change. But the thing is, when you grow up in a country and then you get attached to uh, to a country, it starts to become like a second home. Like it's uh, and uh, so I Thailand for me is my second home. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't speak uh, speak the language. My biggest shame in the world is not speaking the language. Honestly, Thailand feels at home when i come back i have uh, all my um, all my friends that are still there i still have some brothers that are there and some part of my family that's uh, that is not something that is uh, that is uh, going to change and it's, uh, it's really it's a bond that you uh, that you make throughout the years like growing up in a in a different countries and even if you start to live or work in a different country and i think that's really powerful
0: for sure i felt that definitely when i lived in spain for the year you definitely do get attached to it mm. uh, and it's not just that it's not it goes beyond the place, the language. It's, it's the people. It's the way of life. It's everything to do with that. Exactly. You've been to Camelot. Have you been anywhere else traveling on any big trips or have you lived away anywhere else?
1: Um, yeah, I, uh, I went backpacking after I finished Neoma uh, through South America. So basically I went to, uh, I started with Argentina. Then we went to Chile, Bolivia, Peru and Colombia. And uh, I went there for uh, for around six months. So um, basically, like in order to get the, the money, that's why I was in uh, in Barcelona, and that's uh, that's how we met each other, Rona. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, that uh, that was the reason I was there. So I, I gathered some uh, some money during six months, and then I, I flew to uh, to South America because it was. Uh, kind of a break for me and so it's, it's also allowed me to to discover a bit more about myself and a bit more about what i wanted to do and it uh i got the opportunity to meet a lot of people like from everywhere around the world actually like uh, even like uh,
0: australia and never been there actually i definitely want to go but uh, that's on my bucket list as well yeah <laughs> so like did you speak spanish prior to coming to barcelona and going to south america
1: prior to barcelona no I tried to learn a little bit and did some courses, but actually the, the people there didn't reply. I, I tried to speak Spanish because that's how you learn a language. That's when you're fully in the country, you speak Spanish. But the thing is they didn't, they full Catalan. So like they replied or in French, terrible French they have like, but just like enough so that they uh, they can tell me how, how much is a beer or they replied to me in, uh, in Catalan or in a um, different language. So I didn't yeah. understand the thing. And it was when I went to South America that I actually uh, started to speak more fluently, uh, more fluently Spanish. And uh, then when I came back and uh, started my master's at IE, then I spoke uh, fluent, got to speak fluent uh, Spanish.
0: And did you notice anything? I know you said you didn't hear a lot of Spanish in Spain, but did you notice anything significant in the difference between Spanish in Spain and Spanish in South America? Was there any significant differences?
1: Honestly, I'd like to come back to South America right now just uh, because like it was really when I Got to uh, to Madrid that I uh, that I noticed uh, that I became fully fluent. And when you are in a country and you hear another uh, another language, even if it's a different accent, sometimes you won't notice a difference just because you don't speak it well enough. I know I know right now that uh, there are some things that uh, I shall not say on uh, on the <laughs> I shall not say that are actually like only from uh, from South America and like some expressions as well and uh, just some uh, the the way of speaking. Like for example, like the, the Double L, like a, a cahier like in a, when you uh, when you're in Argentina, it's caché, and uh, like you are uh, directly noticed yeah exactly and you directly notice that the person is from another country or where where he's from but the thing is when I was there like for the first time I didn't notice it directly and it's only after getting back and talking to actual Spanish uh, Spanish people from the homeland (laughs) that uh, that I got this
0: so you're you're back in in the homeland back in Spain what are you what are you you doing there
1: Um, so I I mentioned I was doing my uh, my master's I just finished it in uh, in December and I started to uh, to do an internship called uh, for a company called futuro perfecto so it's a basically a company that works uh, around europe it's a startup that, but that finds other startups around europe in, that are apt for european grants so i worked a lot in new technologies and so i worked in english french and uh, and spanish so it's actually a, a great a great help actually my interview was in uh, in spanish so it's uh, and it's really good also like to communicate with the whole team and uh, well to get better and uh, better connections with uh, with them and um, honestly, you're way more respected being in a country when you speak the language, and it, that's that's uh, that's a huge plus.
0: And the team that you work with is it an international team or is it is it very much Spanish?
1: It's uh, well, the, the base of the team so like the 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 boss is Spanish. The CTO CTO chief technical officer is uh, Spanish as well. There's uh, like uh, people from Italy. There's a, a Swedish guy, a Belgian girl and yeah but the thing is like people uh, come from everywhere they mostly we mostly or speak in uh, in spanish or uh, or just in english sometimes because uh, that's how, that's what the mo- the base of the language that we speak for uh, for our customers Because the European Commission works in English, so it's uh, that's
0: what uh, happens. So you're working essentially. It's in in business, in sales, in grants stuff. That sort of direction. Do you see much of a need for languages in that sector?
1: Definitely, definitely. Like even just uh, staying in my home country, I noticed that uh, you need to to speak multiple languages, like to be able like to to communicate with the home. with, uh, with your home country, like even if it's a startup, because they won't necessarily speak fluent English. And uh, you need to have like the, the, the two languages to be able to c- communicate with them and with the European Commission. And even when you go like to other countries, when you go to Spain, you need to speak Spanish and English. To speak English is a huge plus because that is the language that is spoken uh, th- through around the world, which is great. But the thing is, to speak another one is also is also a great asset because you won't, uh, like, of course, there's Google Translate, but like to have a proper conversation and to have a proper connection with the person, it's a, it's great uh, if you actually do speak something that uh, the other person can relate to and if you have the experience that the other person can relate to. But I think, honestly, like to, to be born and to have a family that speaks English is not as advantageous as you might think because exactly as as we were talking uh, talking about it's like you because you're in a privileged situation you're not used to learning another language and in the way you will stay in your own circle without the possibility of actually like getting uh, getting to know other other things because when i was traveling in south america the very common thing for english speaking uh, speakers was to say well i don't care about learning spanish because they most probably will speak in english it is true that they will have some basis of english but it is very narrow minded to think that is that it is the only uh, the only reason uh, and the only language that they're going to speak so it's uh, I think it's good to have a, at least least two languages to diversify a bit like your mindset. But like, if right now, two languages is almost like too basic, even, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there for another discussion about a, a mindset. It's not just about knowing a language. It's a, it's a whole new way of looking at the world. So we'll hopefully get to discuss that at another time. Uh, <laughs> another podcast, another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to me, Mark. And we'll catch Thank up you soon. Thank you,
1: Ronan. Yeah, of course, of course. Looking forward to it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Ronan Talks Languages. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Ronan Talks Languages Podcast, for more information.